This is the Ed Milet Show. Compete, lead, and kick ass. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. This is Ed Milet. Today is not a normal program. I have a true American hero sitting across the table from me here today. So if you don't recognize this face, let me tell you who he is. So this is Robert O'Neill. And um, we've had a lot of sports people on here, a lot of entertainers that in most people's minds are heroes. And then in life, you meet a real hero. Um, he doesn't consider himself one, but he is one. And so let me give him the proper introduction just so you know who this man is. 52 decorations in the military, two silver stars, four bronze star medals with valor, joint service commendation medal with valor, three presidential unit citations, two Navy, Marine, and Navy Corps combinations with valor, service, 400 different combat missions, 400. Um, if you've watched the movie Captain Phillips, this is the first guy onto the boat um, when the Somali pirates had that boat. If you've watched Lone Survivor, with uh, Marcus Luttrell. He was on that recovery mission. And by the way, <clears throat> he also killed Osama bin Laden. And so thank you for being here. I appreciate that. And like you mentioned too, it's not a hero thing. I was very fortunate to be with um, incredible teams I know you from were. all branches of the service. Then everyone was there. And uh, the Captain Phillips thing, I wasn't one of the, was not one of the shooters. I was the lead jumper for that. And, yeah. and the snipers that were there um, with, uh, Really, no, no time. We're just we're watching to make sure nothing unsafe happened when they mm -hmm. shot, which is incredible. And, yeah, uh, and it's an amazing journey, all because of right place, right time, and right place, right time, positive attitude, and right man, which we're going to talk about <clears> today. <throat> and so, also, thank you for your service. It was an honor, not just being here. So, thank you. How's that for a hero, everybody? And so, we're going to get into the mind of this man today. We're going to talk about team building, what he's up to today, and obviously some of the great things that you've been a part of right. on the teams you were a part of. And so all great things happen as being a part of a team, both Certainly. you and I know that, oh, yeah, but yeah. then there's blessing when, when, we, when the opportunity arrives, we meet it with our preparation, which is what you that's did. That's exactly right, to meet it with your preparation. Never the perfect plan because that's never gonna happen. Hmm. <clears throat> like we, uh, we'll get into it later too, but the Bin Laden raid, we had the perfect plan hmm. and nothing, nothing came to fruition. Nothing worked. The, everything, the, the worst possible thing that, to happen, happened. Wow. Okay, let's get right into that. All right, let's okay, let's do that first. Um, let me ask you before we get to that. I'm just curious, why did you get in the military in the first place? The, that's another one too. It was never a plan. I was going to. I was actually playing college basketball, and I was going to work okay. with my dad when I got out of college, and okay. I got dumped by a girl, and wanted to leave Butte, Montana. Come and, on. Yep. Um, the first line in my book, The Operator, it says, yeah. "I owe my career as a Navy SEAL to a girl," and that was an accident too because I didn't want to join the Navy. I wanted to join the Marines. Okay. So I, because I'm, I, I'm a hunter, and I wanted yeah. to be a sniper. And Marine snipers, Carlos Hathcock, you know, just yeah. kick ass. The right. uniforms, Marines. Right. Uh, so I went to join, and as, again, as luck would have it, the Marine recruiter wasn't in there. The Navy guy was sitting there, and the only reason that I went to oh to the Navy guy is because I had two friends I grew up with, Ben and Jim, who were Marines. Two, they're two years older, mm -hmm. um, and they told me that the Marine Corps is actually uh, part of the Department of the Navy. It's just the men's department. <laughs> So okay. I went to ask the Navy guy, um, okay. where's the, when's he come back from lunch? And yeah. he goes, well, why do you want the Marine? Yeah. And I said, uh, well, I want to be a sniper. And he's this clever yeah. recruiter. He was wearing khakis. He's a Navy chief. Yeah. Clever guys. Yeah. And he goes, oh, we have snipers in the Navy. Look no further. And he slowly said, or quickly said, um, you need to become a Navy SEAL first. No big deal. Then we'll send you to sniper school. And I didn't know how to swim. 
Come and on. And this guy talked me into it because I remember being so dumb. I'm like, I'm naive, but this guy's a professional recruiter. Why would he lie to me? Oh my gosh. That's and that's weird. it. And then um, when I got in, he showed me the videos. I'm like, holy crap. I, I mean, I, I don't know these straw. I can't swim. And uh, I said, well, I'll be positive about it. I'll just, I'll go to San Diego. I'll, I'll see this cool training. I probably won't make it, but then I'll go to the fleet and be in the Navy and have sea stories when I come back home to Maloney's Bar in Butte, Montana. But then I made it through. Are you being serious? I, that, that's what happened. Yeah. So you ended up because the other recruiter no-shows. He wasn't there. Well, he didn't know I was coming in. I just went in to leave town. Because of the girl? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that story's kind of common. Well, both of them, that uh, people went to join the Army, but they weren't there and they joined the Marine Corps. Yeah. And, and like, it's so funny, like, 80% of the all-volunteer military is yeah. there because someone dumped them. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And men and women both. And you became a Navy SEAL but couldn't swim. Well, I learned. I had five months from the time I signed to, to the time I left. And I had a friend I went to high school with who swam at Notre Dame. I ran into him by luck, too, at the pool. He was like, um, I've, ne I've never seen you at the pool before. What's going on? And I said, I just joined the Navy. And I'm going to be a SEAL. And he goes, oh, not like that. You're not. And he, he taught me like the breaststroke. Unbelievable. Uh, so you know the breaststroke. Going and the side stroke. Okay, that's, that's incredible. So I, I have this theory I tell people all the time. I say that life doesn't happen for you or to you. It happens for you, mm -hmm. right? And these things all... It's amazing that the guy who ends up killing the most evil person of our time, yeah. of the modern time, ends up in the SEAL program if, by mistake, if, by default, yeah. because you, of a girl. If you figure this, um, a, a, a semi-decent shape white kid that can't swim from Butte, Montana, yeah. becomes a Navy SEAL and ends up in Bin Laden's bedroom just because of a positive attitude. It doesn't matter what you look like or where you're from. You can do anything. Just keep your head in it. Oh Avoid God. the negativity. Oh, my God. That's it. And, oh, my God. And that's proof. Yeah. I mean, I, I, call, I call my book The Operator not because I'm calling myself The Operator. I'm talking about the life of The Operator. Yes. Every Ranger, every Green Beret, every Navy SEAL. And they all, the stories are similar. And it's, yeah. the two things are positive attitude, sense of humor. Sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I did notice that about you right when we met, too. Like, that's, <laughs> I got to say one thing about this book, book, The Operator. Like, if you have not read it, I have. But if you've not read it, this is like, this is something, once you start reading it, it's just the Thank truth, you. too. Like, Thank you. you cannot stop reading this book. I mean, it's, because it's actual real stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're just... It's, I read the book in a day, and I'm telling you, like I was trying to get rid of other appointments I had to finish reading this book, so get this I, book. I, I had a similar experience. My wife, Jessica, talked me into reading the audio book, too, yeah. because she said, no one can tell your stories, you have to do it. And as I'm in the booth, they can hear every gurgle, yeah. and I'm reading this book, I remember thinking, this is a pretty goddamn good book. <laughs> no, it's your own yeah, life. It's mine. This is pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so we, now we know that life definitely happens for us, and that also the big things in our life never show up the way we envisioned them. Never. And like, in other words, when you were a 12 year old boy, this was your dream, your picture of what was going to be a defining moment of your life was not being in a room with Osama bin Laden, right? This is how amazing how when you just yeah. chase your dream, bust well, your ass, even, have positive attitude. Even being at a SEAL team that could potentially get bin Laden when he was, we didn't know where the hell he was. And we're yeah. in Iraq fighting yeah. and we would, we would mess with people. I was a battlefield interrogator, which means you take the house down, you get the men and you, you, you question them basically. You're yeah. not whatever, waterboarding right. or any of that right. stuff. But I remember like messing with guys and I would say like, hey, who's the man of the house? Where's the mosque? And I would say, where's Osama bin Laden? And we would both laugh like, no, no one knows where he is. So even as a member of, of that SEAL team, incredible. It's not, we're not going to ever, I'm never going to get him. That's incredible. I'm never going to be there. It's going to be the Army guys that get him. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay, but, <laughs> but you do get him. Yeah. So let's, let's walk through that okay. for a second. Okay. Because yeah. you talk about preparation, positive attitude preparation. So you start to, did you know when you were prepping yes. that you were prepping for him? They told us about three weeks before we left that it was Bin Laden. And that was one of the coolest things because at first, 
they started off with, um, they called us, we were all on our, um, we just finished a deployment. I think it was my 12th combat deployment. And we were on a diving trip in Miami. And we were always good about that too. After deployment, after war, we would do a training trip, but it was always a good deal. Like diving in Miami, climbing in Vegas. Right. Shit like but that. the diving in Miami, by the way, the other thing about being a SEAL, I just want to say, you don't like sharks. I respect them now. I had a run in with one one time and yeah. that's enough. But no, yeah. that, that, I mean, anyone that's been in the ocean has had a positive encounter with a shark and don't realize <laughs> it. They're, they're out there. Right. And they, they don't mess with you. They, they okay. really do. It's, okay. by, it's usually by accident or a juvenile, that, okay. uh, a young great white. Okay. The problem with the great white is he's curious, and if they bite you, it's a, I use the word devastating. Unbelievable. So, like, but, are you listening to this? Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, okay. I've, I've never been attacked by a shark. I've seen them. But, okay, um, so you're prepping. But we're, so we're diving in Miami, yeah. and they called the senior guys back. Okay. So I was one of them. My number two was, uh, my, my boss was there. And we sat in a room and the first thing they said is, well, here's the deal. This isn't a drill. Uh, we found a thing and this thing is in a house and this house is in a bowl uh, in some mountains near a lake in a country and you guys are gonna fly in there and you're gonna get this thing and you're gonna bring it back. And that's it. And so we're, it actually started off, okay, no problem. What's the thing? Can't tell you, okay. Where's the, where's the bowl? Can't tell you. What country? Can't tell you. How are we getting there? Can't tell you. And then we're like, how much air support do we have? And they said, well, none. And we're like, well, at least that's an answer. So we assumed it was Qaddafi, because the yes. Arab Spring just started. It's March 2011. Not even go kill Qaddafi, but like recover him or whatever they want to do. Um, but then eventually we started to put two and two together, and, and um, we they drove us down to. Uh, they gave us a day with a day at home with our kids, and we drove down. And then the, the commanding officer from from my SEAL team, uh, he walked in the room as calm as ever and said, "All right, guys, the reason you're here is this is as close as we've ever been to Osama bin Laden." What happened to your body when you heard that? A little bit of a little bit of goosebumps, but I've heard reports of cheers and high fives. It was I looked around and everyone is professional. These are very professional Navy SEALs, and uh, the first question was, "Cool, are we going right now? Mm. Let's do it. We're ready." <clears throat> and uh, they said, "Well, no, you need to. We need to show you everything." And then there are like five options: Are we going to bomb them this way, bomb them that way? And they actually said, "Are you going to do a multilateral mission with the Pakistani military?" And everyone laughed, like, "Seriously? Right, right, right. You tell them. Right. If we're going to get Bin Laden, right. he right. is He's gone. gone. You will right. never find him." Mm. Um, and then they wanted us to train as a as a, as a unilateral mm. option. So they, the powers that be need, wanted to see us train. Just okay. I understand that. We knew we could go. We've been doing it every night for years. Okay. Um, so we just started training. They had a site there, and we're training on it, whatever, and. and um, we went there, we went to a place out west that I'm not allowed to talk about, and then we forward launched to um, Jalalabad Airfield just in case the president gave us the green light. And he, president Obama was really cool about it because at, not, there was one person that was sure Bin Laden was there, and she, she was the famous uh, three-letter agency woman. Yes. She was funny, yes. and she was just that awesome because she would be like, 100%, he's in this house on the third floor, why aren't we going now? Really? He's there. Is she the but, same as you see her in the movie? Yeah, yeah looks a little so, different, yeah. um, attractive, but, but different. Personality. Oh, total, total. Okay. Jessica Chastain nailed it. Okay. But um, yeah, but President Obama was one, and he was just cool later. He said, look, after, after hearing about your training, I wasn't 100% sure he was there, but I was 100% sure you guys could go in, find out, and come back. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> and that's why we got the, got how long the was the pre how, long, how long was the training, the prep, before you went? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. And so then, you, do you ultimately end up getting a phone call? Do, do, do they gather you in a room and say we're going tomorrow, or what? what well, happens? we um, we trained in two different areas. We had yeah. to train on those uh, 
stealth helicopters that the mm -hmm. pilots who don't get nearly enough credit because they'd never flown those before yeah didn't know about those before yeah um but we we knew we were going to go over there i think it was on a monday or a tuesday mm -hmm. just to be there in case they call us we're ready to launch from from afghanistan the closest base to the border okay and so uh, we knew we were going we forward stage and, and that you know that's when we said goodbye to the kids um which is hard because we we didn't think we were coming back from that mission we thought it was if we get the green light it's a one-way mission Let's talk about that for a second. Sure. You, um, you thought you were going to die. Yes. In fact, you knew you were going to die. I knew we, we and, weren't coming back. And your teammates um, also know this as well, Yes, right? everyone was a very... To the Why point, did you know that? Was this because there's well, going to be a... We don't know a, if the technology works. We yeah. don't know how good their air defenses are. Maybe the, the, the young kid that's very aggressive is on the radar that night. Mm -hmm. um, there are no checkpoints. People don't understand when you do a long-range helicopter mission, there are usually checkpoints to refuel. There are, there are none of those. So we have to be exact with the pounds of weight that we have. Hmm. So we get shot down. Right. Um, if anyone's gonna blow himself up and his entire family when the team's in the house, Bin Laden will do it. Yeah. Martyr himself and his entire family. Yeah. We run out of fuel and there's 23 guys in Pakistan. We invaded them, we have nowhere to go. Hmm. Uh, we end our lives in a Pakistani prison. We don't know what's going to, so, but we accepted it. And, and the, way that I, the way that I always explain Gosh, those this. are not great scenarios. No, and, right. but we're going because we, I had a guy on the team that actually he ended up being the guy that was in front of me going up the stairs, the last set of stairs that, that said, um, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going, 100% going on the mission, but I have to say this out loud to hear it. If we know we're going to die, why are we going? What did you say? So we had a conversation, a bunch of us, and what we decided was the best way to put it into um, perspective is we're not going after Bin Laden for fame. We're not going after Bin Laden for money. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a brilliant Tuesday morning, and 45 minutes later she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper because that was a better alternative than 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit inside. Her last gesture of human decency was to hold her skirt to her knees so that no one could see her underwear as she killed herself. And we said, she wasn't supposed to do that, she's not supposed to be in the fight, we're supposed to be in the fight, and that's why we're going. Oh my God. And then if you think about it too, it's almost like the, the Braveheart speech. Mm -hmm. If I could give every day from being 34 yeah. to 90, if I lived in 90 and I looked back on that one day and I didn't go, yeah. I, I would give all those days to go on this mission. Oh this, this is why we're here. This is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. This is why we joined. This is not a movie though, you're real men. Oh yeah. And these are real decisions. And, and it was just, the, it, it wasn't fear on this one. It was, is that a, right? it was focus. That's and right. even when we launched, it wasn't the, because uh, the, we've been to war. Every single guy had hundreds of missions. Yeah. But before this one, we all hugged each other. And it just, did uh, you really? Oh yeah. And you said earlier, I was gonna ask you about this, because I say good night to my children. Yes. But I'm gonna see them again. Mm -hmm. You've literally said goodbye. Goodbye. Looking him in the eyes. And How and many times have you done that? Eleven. To, 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 there's one daughter that was always involved. I have three daughters. Mm. I don't want to talk about them too much yeah. for obvious reasons. Sure. But um, one was just there all the time. And, mm. and, the, and when I left for that, she was seven. And I, I wrote her a letter. And it, but I didn't write it to the seven-year-old. I wrote it to the 27-year-old. I'm really sorry I missed your wedding. I know you were beautiful. Thank you for taking care of your sisters. Oh what gosh. we did was noble. And just and and one of my regrets in life is that when I get soon and when I finished these letters, I wrote them to everybody in my family. I had to hand them to. I had to find someone I could trust on the base because the guys going with They're you are coming die. back either. Yeah. They're dying too. Oh my gosh. And uh, I exp uh, definite instructions what to do when you'll. He didn't even know what we were doing. You but, couldn't tell him. But it's like you'll know. You mm -hmm. need to keep these. As soon as I got back, I shredded them. 
and I wish I would have kept them. You wish you would have kept yeah. them. Yeah, I just didn't want to read them again. It wasn't a wasn't a happy. That's got to be an amazing experience, even to this day, to have been writing those letters, thinking it's we're a tough. Dying. Tears are hitting the page. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what this is something they're going to keep forever. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. of course they are. And, and I'm writing, and this is the last communication with them. And then, but then we're on, and it's and it's just. I mean, it was. The feeling was so cool because when when um, when President George Bush addressed the world on 9/11, his quote, and I have a tattoo. It says, uh, "Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward, and freedom will be defended." And when he said freedom would be defended, he meant everyone, and that team represented everyone. Oh my gosh, brother! Uh, not crazy. Unbelievable. That's that's the, that's the intensity that we. It wasn't. We weren't scared. You weren't I mean, scared. We were, we were fired up. You were going there to oh, die, yeah. but you were fired up and. But we're going to kill him too. Kill and him he deserves too. it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so you get the call, yep. and now, as I understand it, there's this helicopter ride over, and it's not a short ninety ride. minutes. It's ninety minutes, yeah. right? And so there's all kinds of situations that could happen on the way over there yeah. as well. I'm well, curious. that's where the pilots come in too, because okay. they're flying very low, okay. and they're flying technology that they're not. You know, they've flown helicopters. They're the best four pilots in the world. In the world, and Army, um, I'll give Army a shout out. They have the best helicopter pilots in the world. Hmm. That's what I love about the military too. The, yeah. the best Air Force in the world is the U.S. Air Force. The second best Air Force is the U.S. Navy. <laughs> the U.S. Army. It's awesome. yeah. They're they're the smart guys. They're the guys that need to get us there. And we're in back. And was really unique about this team is guys have been in combat so much we realize you got to get rid of the noise get rid of the, the stuff that doesn't matter like getting shot down you worrying about that will not stop it so knock it off so guys fell asleep guys fell asleep on the ride to bin laden's house my god yeah oh my god <clears throat> and um you talk about focus uh, and yeah, sleep oh. i'm asleep wow. uh, guys put their ipods in chilling i was counting you zero, counted. Zero to thousand, thousand zero. And now that, I've read enough about military stuff not being a military person, that that's actually something kind of the senior guys pass down sometimes oh, yeah. to junior guys. Did you learn that from somebody? I learned it on my own as a sniper in Kosovo. Hmm. Because right around 9-11, we were in Kosovo, there was obviously stuff going there hmm. in Bosnia, and we, sniper's not really a great word, but we were observing different areas. So basically you're hiding and you're looking through a, a scope for four hours on, four hours off. Hmm. And, and as you're looking, four hours of looking, it's like, I just count. You count. Yeah. Okay, so and were you, did you not then eventually sort of repeat that phrase to yourself too? Well, I did, because that's how I remembered it, was we were 80 minutes in, and we banked to the south, <clears throat> and I was just like, you know, 456, 457, 458, freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless cat. I don't know how I remembered it. God bless you, man. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so then that's when it sort of sunk in. It's like, mm. I'm actually on this mission. You were. And that's when it sunk in. That, that, yeah, we're going after mm. And then it got better because we, we opened the door at two minutes out. They were the air crew. Yeah. And that's, that's other people that don't get credit. They mm. put their butts in the seat, too. Yeah. The air crew guys, we wouldn't have figured the doors out. These guys did it. So they'd open the door, and then you see the city, and there's lights. This is a resort town. There's okay. a golf course. Is that right? And, and it sort of hit me, and I was like, this is some serious Navy SEAL shit we're about to do. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we're like, we're, and then everything was great, and then it all hit the fan. Shoot. Helicopter crash landed in the front yard. Yes. And Did you know that, though? No. You didn't know that. So the, this be, everyone understand this. So the helicopter in front of you mm -hmm. crashed. This was clearly not part of the plan. It was right? a crash landing. Crash landing. Because it crashed the, on the wall the, or something, yeah, the didn't it? Yeah, the pilot was so good that in less than a second, he realized he couldn't hover. Then he realized if he tries to power up, he explained this to me. I, I'm not yeah. a pilot that if he tries to power up, it's going to roll and everyone okay. dies. He knew if he spun it, he could put the tail on the wall and pin it to the ground. That's unreal. And he did That's it like unreal. that. Saved everyone's life. That's unreal. You know what's funny, real. too, is we, we'd practice fast roping, which is, you know, they put the rope out and you slide down like yeah. a fireman's pole, yeah. so much that, like, 
my tendons were done. Yeah. We practiced fast roping more than I've ever trained. The only person to fast rope on the Bin Laden mission was the pilot. Because when he crashed it, he had to get the rope and slide yeah, his ass yeah. down. Oh my God. Yeah. But so crazy. that happened and then our pilot saw that. We didn't. Yeah, you didn't know. We didn't know. Did. And so he, our plan was they were gonna put our snipers and our dog Cairo outside and then they're gonna put us up on the rooftop. Yes. And we knew our team would be coming from the bottom, we're from the top, we're gonna get them that way, he can't get out. That's the perfect plan. Okay. Never happened. Never our happened. pilot saw that and as we were going to lit, he put right back down. And just because of the effective communication, nonverbal communication, I guess we're getting out here. I remember putting my right foot on the ground and saying, I guess we start the war from here. My gosh. And then we go to uh, the northeast corner. We, we knew the place inside and out. It was, it was nice that we had trained so much because we knew everything about yeah, it. Yeah. We knew there was a, a double door on mm -hmm. the northeast corner. So we went over that. Our breacher took, a, I think, a seven-foot charge of C6, put it on the door, and he blew it. And it opened like a tin can, but there's a brick wall behind it. So it's a fake, fake yep, door. Yep. And the breacher actually said, fail breach, this is bad. And I said, no, this is good. Hmm. That's a fake. Yeah. He's in there. Why is it good? Oh, it's good because that means They're he is here. They're faking a door. He's there. That means this dude's yeah. here. And it was funny. We actually, we talked about sensitive humor. We joked about crap like that. Like, what if we get in the house and the, the hallway gets smaller and smaller and smaller and also the yeah. door is this big and you're like, oh, yeah. I've been lying. You. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, <clears throat> but, but you're, the, the, there's not a lot of that going on. So on the way over, no one's, there's no rah-rah session on the not way over. Everyone's getting all. in their not focus. They're sleeping. They're We're counting. Going to, I had one of my guys say, um, you know, I'm not nervous. We do this every night. We fly somewhere. We fuck with some people. We fly back. <clears throat> he just goes, this is a longer flight. Okay, so this <clears throat> door is the wrong so door. So then we, now when we got, got to this point, we heard the helicopter saying, we thought they were saying dash one going around, dash one going around, meaning they came in to hover, and this dash one, we're dash two, and they took fire, so we thought they were going around. Racetrack, okay. re-attack, but what they were saying was dash one going down. Down, down, down. So we said to them, because we thought they were flying, we're just, okay, there's another, there's a carport is what we called it. Another double door that we knew worked because the imagery showed them driving in and out of it, and okay. we said, all right, we're going to blow the carport now. Okay. And they said, don't blow it, we'll just open it. The other guys, because they're inside now. But we didn't know that, and it didn't okay. make sense. And the door opened, and a thumb comes out. Whoa. Now, this is another point in life. Um, I, it didn't make sense why they're there, but that doesn't matter, because they're there. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just, let's deal with the problem. We'll talk about it later. Worrying about how this happened, we're just here. So we start going in. None of us, well, I didn't, and a couple other guys on the helicopter, we didn't know they crashed, but they're in there. So we start, now my guys have been in gunfights. They already killed three of the terrorists before yeah. I got in there. And I was fortunate because of my position now, I'm in the back, I, get, I have a front row seat to the coolest mission in modern history. Yes. So we go in and we're looking down a long hallway, we're in Bin Laden's house. Yes. And we're like looking around for bombs and stuff. When's it gonna blow up? Yes. And, but I was so impressed. My guys were so cool. Mm. No, one was, no one cared about the bombs. They're, they're, they're doing their job. And I, I remember thinking about how cool they are and then just thinking slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Watch these guys work. And as I'm thinking this, you, I ducked into a room to look down the hallway because don't stand in the hallway. They'll shoot down the hallway. The guy next to me said, helicopter crashed. And now I'm thinking, we had two big helicopters, two Chinooks, 45 minutes behind us full of other SEALs okay. in case we need to whatever. Yep. So I'm assuming they crashed. They got shot down because they're not stealth helicopters. So okay. I, I said, what helicopter crashed? Mm. And he goes, bro, our helicopter crashed in the front yard. You walked right past it. Wow. And as I'm processing this, one of our snipers from my helicopter, he, ran, he was running around the entire compound to, to keep a perimeter. He had a dog with him and a, mm -hmm. and a dog handler. And he got to that famous spot where the, the tail is hanging yes. over. Yes. And he came over the radio. And he didn't know it crashed. And he said, guys, be on alert. They are definitely ready. 
for us. They have a soup. They have a training mock-up of our super secret helicopter no in the front way. yard. And there's a pause. No way. And the boss goes, "No, you jackass. That's ours. We crashed." No way. And he comes over and goes, "Yeah, that makes a lot more sense." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My God. And, and I'm in the house like, "What are we talking about?" It's right crazy. Now. And so you're hearing this. You're yeah. looking down this hallway. Yeah. Probably at the end of that hallway somewhere is Osama bin Laden. Well, down the right? hallway is going to be a stairwell. A stairwell. And What's your heart rate right now? There's fine. We're good. Are you serious? Yeah, we've been in... Uh, because of your preparation? Well, yeah, we've been in so many fights before, it's like, you didn't really get adrenaline. You're more aware, but it's just more exciting. It's, it's not, I'm not scared Okay. at this point. But there's, okay. there's, a, there's, a, there's a series of emotions that happen right here, because okay. the female analyst who found Bin Laden said, I don't know what the inside of the house looks like, but you will find some stairs. And when you find the stairs, you will run into Khalid Bin Laden, who's 20, son, 20 years his old, son, right? his son. Yeah. And, and here's how cool she was. She said... Um, that will be the last line of defense. If you eliminate that threat, you will get a shot at the big guy. That's awesome. Okay. <clears throat> so um, we got in through the door. They breached it. We're going up the stairs. And I'm about eight guys, eight guys back. So I'm still in the back. They saw Khalid. He was armed. And he ducked behind a banister. Okay. Now it's dark. It's very quiet. We don't talk to each other. And there's a guy up front, the point man. And um, normally in, a, in, a, in an urban environment, in a house, fighting upstairs, I'm going to grab all the guys back and let like two or three handle it. Because if they chuck a grenade, they come down. Right. Don't fight up. And, um, I, but now I'm like, I'm gonna die anyway. And I gotta, I gotta watch this. I gotta see how he, is he gonna pin the thing? Was he gonna run at him? And we're just sitting there and he, he whispered to Khalid. He said, Khalid, come here, Khalid, come here. In two different languages. Uh, he knew come here in, in, in uh, Urdu and Arabic. Is that why he was where he was? No, he just was that smart of an operator. Wow. And that okay. confused Khalid. So Khalid leaned his head over to ask what? And he shot him. I never would have thought of that. That was brilliant. Oh my gosh, yeah. brilliant. That was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life up until about a about minute later. About what's about to happen, yeah. right? <laughs> so, we, so we go up right. the stairs, stepped over Khalid, um, and then we got to the second floor, and then there's a final stairwell going up. The point man stayed there, staring. You know, he's gonna he's gonna keep point, keep security, and other guys are gonna clear the second floor because you don't want to move past it. Clear that, okay. and then that's everyone in front of me, and I'm the last guy. I ended up what we call the two man. So the one man's there, I'm the two man, and that's when I put my hand on his shoulder because his job is to look forward, my job is to look behind us. And when we have enough guys, I will squeeze you so you know without looking, we're, it's time to go. But it's just us, wow. we're out of guys. We don't have enough guys in a house this big. And he started talking. He's like, hey, we gotta go. We gotta get up there because he's, there's a curtain at the top of the stairs and he's seeing people moving mm -hmm. behind it. Mm -hmm. They've gotta be suicide bombers. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can beat him. Hmm. Maybe we can beat him. So he's convincing me. We got to go. And finally, and I don't know what he was thinking. He's, he's just a complete badass. But mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking bravery. I'm thinking, all right, we're going to get blown up now. Mm -hmm. And I'm tired of thinking about it. Let's get it over with. And so I squeezed him. Went up the stairs. He just, opened, let's go. Let's go. Him and me. Went up the stairs. He opened the curtain. And there was two or three people that turned out to be women. But when they're suicide bombers, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So he jumped on them. And he tackled him. He's dying. He's jumping on the grenade. He thinks he's dying. Yes. He's jumping on he's the grenade. Absorbing, absorbing as much of the blast as he can for the guy behind him. He didn't know it was me. So because, and this is simply how I got there, because he went that way, my job is to go that way based on our tactics. Mm -hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't bravado. Mm -hmm. I just turned and there's Osama Bin Laden standing there. And he's got his hands on his wife's shoulders and he's sort of pushing her. I don't know what he's doing, but when I go through the, the, the rules of engagement, the, the levels um, escalation of force, I, I can close my eyes and see it. It's, he's taller than I thought, he's skinnier than I thought, that his beard is shorter and gray. 
uh, that's his nose, that is Bin Laden, he's not surrendering, he's a, he's a threat, mm -hmm. I need to kill him. And the way you had, and I've gotten a little criticism about, well, you shot him in the face, and what about recognition? People that say that, and I have never dealt with a suicide bomber. I've dealt with suicide bombers mm -hmm. very fast, very sudden, loud, scary, and permanent. Mm -hmm. So I shot him in the face twice, shot him again, and I moved his wife. Why do you have his hands on her shoulders? I don't know. I, I don't know if he was using her as a shield. I don't okay. know if he was confused. I don't that. know. But um, I moved his, his wife to the bed to sit her down. And when I looked over, his, his two-year-old son was standing there. And as a father, I remember thinking, this poor kid has nothing to do with this. And he shouldn't have seen that. So I picked him up. Oh, my gosh. And I put him next to his mind. Other Navy SEALs are now coming in the room. And that's when it hit me. So I'm, st I'm standing there, and, and a buddy of mine saw me just, and it's kind of depicted in the movie, it's pretty yeah. funny. They came up, he came up to me and he said, um, are, you, are you good? Mm. And I said, no, um, what do we do now? I'm like in a daze, and he said, uh, he laughed, he smiled, this big smile, mm. and he goes, now we go find the computers, we do this every night. Oh and I went, yeah, you're right, I'm back, holy shit. And he goes, yeah, you just killed Osama Bin Laden, man, your life just changed. Oh, so that, that was that, and then we get back to work, and, and it was just awesome because, how cool the guys are. It's not like, hey, this guy killed Bilal. No one cares. No one cares. We, we got him. We got him. But then it, the emotions were not bravery to let's get it over with to complete shock to now we might live. We, we might, might live. We might get to see our kids again. Oh, my God. Look so, at your face yeah, right there. That's the first time your face changed. <laughs> so mm. we gathered this stuff. They had about three offices in the second floor. We're gathering everything from anything electronic, mm. smashing uh, hard drives to get the, or smashing towers with hard drives, anything. And then we put him in a body bag. Uh, myself and three other guys walked him out. You walked him out? Yeah, we carried him out. Can we go back for a sure. second? I just want to ask you, when you shot him, I'm just curious, there's this moment, so you, it's him. Yeah. You've got your finger on a trigger, I, I suppose. Is there any, can you remember, can you process, was there any emotion at that time, any thought in your mind, or are you just executing what you've been prepared to do? I was, um, I had a feeling he was off to the right when I turned. And when I saw him, had he like had no shirt on and surrendering, he's mm -hmm. getting taken alive. Yeah. But there's just, there is such a, uh, suicide bombers have, I mean, terrorists have less than a second to convince you not to kill them. Of course. And it's just, it's one of those things. It's a different dynamic. You get into rush at that point. Does your adrenaline finally kick in in these moments? Or are you just executing what you're prepared to do? It was just doing do what it? we do. The, the emotions came, you know, uh, 10 seconds later. Okay. Okay. So um, yeah, so, so we so you now you're like we might get out of here. Yeah, now let's find the stuff as quickly as we can and leave. Okay. So we find the stuff. We brought him out. Um, you carry him out of there. Yeah, we actually carried him out and put him at the feet of the sniper who initiated the fire, rescuing Richard Phillips, which is really cool. Mm. And then I remember actually running back in the house um, and saying, "Guys, it is time. We have got to leave. Forget about the women and children. Mm. Let's go." Because mm. we had the guns with us. We took the guns that we found. Okay. And then we get on the helicopters. And oh, when we got out there, there was a dude that was tweeting. Um, a Pakistani dude. He's outside live tweeting, and you can, I forget his name, but you can still see it on the internet. Okay. And he's saying stuff like, why are, why are the Pakistanis doing military drills on a Sunday night? No way. And I'm looking at this guy, his face is lit up with his phone, and normally in a combat zone, Iraq, Afghanistan, if someone's outside of a target with a phone out, yeah. you shoot them because they're setting off a car bomb. Yeah. But I looked at this guy, and I'm like, they have no idea we're here. No way. We, yeah, so then we get in the helicopters, and we fly out. It's not the same helicopter. That no, it's different. Then the guys that I talked about that I thought got shot down came in to get us, which is awesome. Okay. Seals getting seals. Yeah. So we get on the helicopter. I'm sitting on top of the 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 sniper that the, the, with the Captain Phillips thing. Well, he was cool too because he had a little a problem dealing with that uh, something that um, high profile after he killed 
you, you know, and you know, there's jealousy in there with guys at that level. And mm. I, I kept telling him, man, you were a hero. Mm. Don't listen to the negativity. You're a mm. hero. And, and, and uh, like I would always give him Copenhagen. I used to dip at the yeah, time. Dip. So now I'm laying on top of him and I'm still processing what just went down. He hands me Copenhagen and says, hey, have one of mine. Now you know what it's like to be a hero. Then, <laughs> and then the, the SEAL next to me from the other SEAL team that came to get us, he, I know him well, he's from Manhattan. And he asked me the first question that every Navy SEAL asked when they found out about the mission. He said, who got him? Mm. And I said, I did. Mm. And he said, on behalf of my family, thank you. Oh my now we're flying out. And, and you realize we got 90 minutes. And you're still in their airspace. Well, you know, we just took off. Right. We have not 90 minutes. Yeah, you're in Pakistani airspace, yep. though, when you're flying out, right? But if we cross the border in 90 minutes, we have 50 years of life. So we take off. Everyone starts to watch as no one's talking. Hmm. You're just looking at your watch. Hmm. 10 minutes. It's been 20 minutes. It's been 30 minutes. It's been 40 minutes. And then you start to think of, like, the no-hitter you're watching get pitched at Yankee Stadium, top of the six. I'm not going to say anything, but... 50 minutes, 60, 70, 80. And then I love sports analogies. Yeah. Um, I was, it's like miracle on ice when you can hear the crowd yeah. counting down when the Americans are beating the Russians. Yeah. Lake Placid, 10, 9. Eight. And then the pilot came over the radio, as cool as pilots are, and he said, all right, gentlemen, for the first time in your lives, you're going to be happy to hear this. Welcome to Afghanistan. <laughs> My God. So then we cheer, and then we get back. We land. The other guys came in, because they had to stop and refuel the other stealth bird. They land, we're all there, no one's hurt. Oh my gosh. Um, I had a brief talk with the, here's my one problem with the movie, Zero Dark Thirty. At the end of the movie, they, um, they have the woman that found him go up to the body and she gets emotional and she cries mm -hmm. and she leaves. That's not what happened. Okay. We get back, I'm talking to the point man. We um, kind of debrief each other on what the hell happened on those stairs because it's him and me. Yeah. And then he goes, well, hey, there she is. Um, you, you need, he goes, you need to give her something because you own this. This is what he said. Mm -hmm. So we walk over and I, I pulled the magazine out of my gun that was holding the bullets to kill Bin Laden. I jacked the last one out and I said, do you have room for this in your backpack? And she looked up cool as ever. She goes, yeah, I think so. Then we were the ones that walked her over to the body. And as we're walking over, it's starting to sink in that, um, that um, this woman gave her life for him. She, no husband, no kids, 20 hour days for years to find this guy. Then it's like, well, this is historic too. This is like Iwo Jima. This is Norman. This is Washington crossing the Delaware when he, to fight the Hessians. So I got to say something cool. So we walk over and we look down and all I said was, is that your guy? She looked down for a second and a half and said, well, I guess I'm out of a fucking job. <laughs> and really say that? Yeah, isn't that awesome? Come on. That's how cool she was. This is the best story I've ever heard. <laughs> no, no, it's the best story of all time. So we here's it's the best a, story of all time. Thank you. I mean, thank I, you. It's incredible what happened, and I got. And what's cool is I just got to watch everything. Mm. Like the guys were working. I turned a corner, shot three times, and, and we left. Well, brother, okay. Yeah, let's, that, nice <laughs> you should have seen. You nice should have seen those guys breaking those doors down. Yeah. So cool. But we. So one quick uh, yeah. thing, just about the families, because you know yeah. we got back to see the kids. We were. Uh, a year to the day after the Bin Laden raid, I had my kids at uh, Great Wolf Lodge, which Great is a water park. Yeah. And we have the news on. One year anniversary, we're all getting changed to go swim, have a great day, and they got beer there, so I'm excited. Yeah. And um, the news is on, and they said, okay, it's the one year anniversary 
of the night bin Laden was killed. So we're taking viewer email right now. The best story of where you were when you found out bin Laden was dead. <laughs> Come on. Tell us. And my daughter flipped out. She goes, she goes, oh my God, Dad, you've got to email him and tell him you were yes. in his bedroom. <laughs> I was in the bedroom. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm just, it's, uh, look. I've sat across from a lot of people and I've heard a lot of stories. I mean, even look at our guys. It's just like, it's just unreal. And the way you tell it with such incredible humility is just beyond belief. And I understand oh, clearly that it, this would not have happened just with you. It was obviously oh, no. all the preparation, the intelligence, the team building, all of those things. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hard even for me to process how humble you are about having, I mean, at first I want to thank you. It's an honor. Um, on behalf of all that. of these families who lost so many people. And um, it's just unreal to me that the, the, the caliber of man that's involved in this mission and how humble they are about it just absolutely blows my mind. I'm looking at even our folks. It's just, <laughs> it's just unreal. And to this day, that you still have this sense of humility about it. Yeah, oh, you know? I mean, it was, it was, it, it was obvious that the, the team... The people that found him, the pilots, mm. like I just like the guys that went in. We're, I mean, we're smart enough to carry guns and a sledgehammer, and we yeah. got. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm down talking yeah. that, but they, the guys there were just the team was incredible. Who thinks that this guy walks into a military recruiting office is going to go into a different <laughs> branch of the military, can't swim, ends up becoming a SEAL, ends up doing 400 different combat missions, probably the most significant of all of them is this one mm -hmm. and you end up being the man God called on whoever called on to be the point man to end this man's life is just unfreaking believable that's a crazy story it's just to the point now too with it's like there's no way we did that I just know the story yeah is uh, that but, what it is for you yeah it's we how did that happen I can close my eyes and see it and I can see Osama Bin Laden anytime I want I can close my eyes and, and, and smell the stairs what it was like going up that last few steps of life Hmm. But then getting life after I can. When I, you squeeze this man, you're probably dying. Yes, right. You're We're going to go dying. up there and blow up. They're going to blow us. They're, they're blow waiting us for us. They're baiting us in. Hmm. That's that's when they're setting off the houseborn improvised explosive device. Hmm. That's this is it. I'm done. I'm done worrying about it. It's interesting for me. It's a bizarre takeaway of the things I'm listening to your story, and obviously I can't relate to any of it because I'm not that caliber of a man. I, my emotions wouldn't be as calm. I don't have your preparation. I don't have your mindset. I don't have your background. It's interesting that the point that still gives me fear as I hear the story, and I'm just gonna, maybe no one's told you this before, is just a regular guy, right? Is now he's dead, yeah. right? My fear level almost increased there, oddly. So like you were executing a plan prior, now he's dead. The part that you said that you know we might really live, that was the part where just for me, my fear went up like, now we're in this house, clearly this event's taken place, Probably someone knows Someone's this has been happening. Yeah. There's a clock ticking. Yes. Then I'd be I'd be more I'd be afraid when I got on the helicopter. Oh yeah, because that eight minute ride. Now I'm the unknown's happening I, yeah, too. I have heard stories, and, and again, probably classified. I don't know the truth, mm -hmm. but I, I have heard stories that they did have air support. Um, okay. Helping us get back. We didn't know you that. Didn't know it. I knew there were jets on the border, but that's not mm -hmm. going to help us back here. But yeah. but I think if if an American and an F F uh, fifteen mm -hmm. lights up a, a Pakistani guy in an F sixteen, I think that he'll turn around. Mm -hmm. But I, right. I don't know though. But let's let's take away some lessons from all of this. It's the best story I've ever heard, and thank you for sharing it with me. I feel blessed that I'm with you. Thank you. Um, I mean that. I want. Can I ask you some hard things? Oh, absolutely. Just I'm just curious of your. Oh, that's the best time. I'm a curious curious of your opinion of a few things, and I've I've just always wondered this. Um, are you, uh, you, I did not know that you showed her his body. That's fascinating mm -hmm. to me. When I heard the whole story of what happened there, the part of me that went, that sounds odd to me. 
was the fact that he was dumped in the ocean afterwards. Yeah. Can you confirm that? Yeah, and, do, I, well, and do you, or do you not know? We gave him, uh, in Bagram Airfield, to some of our army counterparts that okay. brought out and put him, put him to sea, and I've seen the coordinates. I wasn't there for the burial, mm -hmm. but I have heard from people that it definitely happened. And and so you believe that story? Oh, That's yeah, 100%, I, okay. I believe it. Okay. Um, it's just interesting why we would do that, because they said they didn't want a shrine to bin Laden, mm -hmm. but if you do a little research and realize he was a Wahhabist, they don't do shrines. Mm -hmm. They don't do names on, on, on anything because you're, you do not have a shrine to false idols, it's just Allah. Mm -hmm. they don't, that's why you can't even draw a picture of Muhammad because he's not Allah, he's right. a messenger. Right. And that's, so that, I don't know. Okay. Um, now we do have pictures. Okay. There are a lot of pictures and they're in a file cabinet in Langley and I really hope they get released. Is that right? Oh, so, yeah. so someday at some point that will, will be classified they, they stuff will. and they somebody will. will see it. Okay. Someone will need to get elected. Yeah. Or something. At the show. <laughs> okay. But they're, they're definitely there. And I, I mean, I've seen the pictures. Um, I know people in Congress who have seen the pictures. Okay. They're there. They're real. They're the body thing, I just, just simply because I didn't see it, but I know yeah. what happened. Okay. You know what happened. And then the second thing I'm just curious about, this is a hard question because, and I'm not going to debate you on it or anything like that. I'm just curious of your opinion because okay. um, you and I were talking off camera about our political beliefs. We both have some really conservative beliefs mm -hmm. and some pretty liberal beliefs. Yes. Both of us do, yes. right? We're not one way or the other, but I'm curious that the story that you hear is that there was probably some enhanced interrogation stuff that so, may yeah. have led to the yes. intelligence. A, do you believe that's yes, true? Yes, I know it is. That is true. Yeah. And so how does that paint your feelings about those tactics going? Because right now, and then when this release, it'll yeah. be a little bit after, but yeah. this is a pretty, it's a prominent thing right now in the media right now with a lady heading into the CIA and her taking a lot of flack for those techniques that probably produced the story you just mm -hmm. told me. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Enhanced interrogation works. And it's, it's administered by doctors. It's not like they have them in a cage and someone's whipping them. They're uh, stress position, sleep deprivation, and waterboarding. Okay, that's, that's uh, SEER school for us. Survival, evasion, resistance, escape. They teach you what it's like. And the thing about waterboarding not being torture is that as soon as you decide, it all ends and you, there's no, no damage. Hmm. It just really, really sucks. Hmm. But you, you figure out, well, if I just tell them stuff, they're gonna not do it. Now, torture doesn't work, and I'll admit that. Because okay. it's so, but torture is power drills and blow torches, you know? Okay. And you're saying anything to make them stop. With waterboarding, it's just over and you're good. And then you have tea. Mm. That's it. Mm. And, um, and even guys like, I, I know the doctor who, who interrogated Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind of 9-11. And with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, and these leaders in Al-Qaeda, don't get me wrong, they're very charismatic. Okay. And their people love them. And they're true believers. Yes. They're doing it for religious reasons. Yes. And Khalid Sheikh Mohammed said to Dr. Mitchell, um, I don't know why you guys think you can just come in here and bring cookies and win hearts and minds. He explained to them that this is what we're doing. Do like he cut off Daniel Pearl's head with these blessed hands is the way he said it. And because he's going to heaven and it's a very selfish thing to do. And it, we, he even asked him to the point where, um, why do you, why do the senior leaders never blow themselves up? Why is it always the junior guys? And he said, he explained it. It's almost like a pyramid scheme where if you can convince <laughs> someone to do it, you get more of their heaven. Is that right? I started calling it Amway for Allah. Oh or something like that. But, that's, but, that, but he's like, he's like wow. we, we believe this is what. And they actually believe this. Yes, but waterboarding works. And it led to Bin Laden. And had they captured you while you were there, you probably weren't going to just be waterboarded. No. Right? There's if probably they something, captured, well, we. And have, I don't mean by just waterboarding, no, but there's probably something coming far more severe we for you guys. We have a saying that in gunfights, save at least one bullet for yourself hmm. because you do not want to get captured. I mean, just cutting your head off is a nice way out. They're, hmm. they're sadistic. Hmm. And I don't, even, I don't even like thinking about it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, you're making me think about it as you say it, which by the way makes the story more compelling when you squeeze him. 
because there's all kinds of things that could happen. You could have been blown up there. Mm -hmm. You could have been captured. It's just, it's unbelievable. So thank you so much. Now, I want to continue the conversation a little bit because you have a chance. This is team building. Yeah. Okay. This is leadership. This is execution. So there's all kinds of people in the business space that can tell you some, <laughs> some, it's sort of silly even to say right now, some theories about how to build a team and how to execute and how to prep. And then there's like real world business application. And then there's like real world change the world team building, business preparation and execution of a plan, which is what you've been a part of. And so talk a little bit for a second. First off, in your, in your case, they can learn from you. In other words, you don't have to just watch this interview. They can get access to you. You can come and tell them the different venues just for a second. I want to make sure they know. One is your book, right? Yes. That's a huge place. Second place, though, is you can come speak. Yes. And when he speaks, just so you know, he's not only a great speaker, but like when you listen to him speak, you're going to write pages of stuff. It's not just like anecdotal stories like you've just heard. Every story is related to a point. Mm -hmm. Of building a team so how can they how do they find you to speak number one and 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 where do they find you on social media as well um, I work with uh, leading authorities out of Washington DC so it's leading authorities I believe dot, or L authorities.com yep. leading authorities Google search will do that uh, Robert J okay. because if it's not a keynote presentation and you know I do stuff I, I show up for workshops or, or yes. even dinners just to stand around and talk uh, so yep. Robert J O'Neill.com okay is there um, and then uh, the social media is the funny one. It's so funny. It's it's Mikuya, M C H O O Y A H. And the reason it's Mikuya, the reason it's Mikuya is because it's, in SEAL training, people say Huya. Yeah. You stop saying it when you're done with training, just like shipmate. I love the word shipmate, but you say yeah. it all the time. Okay. But anyway, Mikuya is uh, the Irish Huya. O'Neill's Irish, yes. and Mikuya is the Irish Huya. Yeah. And some buddies of mine convinced me to get on Twitter just because yeah. the seven of us could mess with each other and tweet stuff out with seven followers, and then my name leaked. I was killing Bin Laden. I woke up with like 15,000 followers. It's that's so like, crazy. All right, I guess uh, I'm keeping Mikuya. Okay. So and by the way, what... it's entertaining and inform informative social media, too. You need to follow him. Yeah, way, it's more entertainment than anything. I'm I, not. I would agree with that. <laughs> this is informative. That stuff's more entertaining. But it's awesome. I, I use stuff. it on long flights to keep myself entertained. It's so good. And your, your content, like for me, you know, I've, I've been in this space for a long time. For me to honestly tell you, like, I really learn things when someone speaks, I really learn things because. I believe, like if I go to a gym, I want to be trained by someone who's fit. Yes. I always think it's funny when I go to a gym and the trainer there isn't in shape themselves. <laughs> yeah, or I want a business mentor, but they're not successful or wealthy themselves. Like, show me your results. Mm -hmm. I think we can safely say that you understand leadership, team building, and execution of a plan and preparation. That's, I think what, that's Yeah, that, and that was just because of the, my mentors that I had working places. Because I would, I would uh, even the first few gunfights I was in watching my senior guys, uh, senior Navy SEALs, how cool they were, and I was like, "Well, I want to be that cool. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to do what he does. I want to learn from him. What are his habits?" Mm. And um, what is different about? Let, let be real for sure. a second here. Take the humble hat off. Mm -hmm. Marcus Luttrell, yourself, the SEAL who was in front of you, mm -hmm. any of the SEALs on this raid, any of them anywhere. What? Because you meet, you know those guys, and then you know other guys. Mm -hmm. You went to high school I with do, a yeah. really good dude, yeah, right? Yeah, I okay, do. I do. What's the difference? The difference is. Um, I think the thought that every day I get to go to work with people who are better than me, and I'm not going to undermine them. I'm, mm. I'm going to try to beat them. Mm. Um, and a lot of, just, they, they were, these are, I mean, these are complete alpha guys, but they knew that it was important as a team to be nice to each other, be good to each other. Mm. Um, I had bosses, two things one of my bosses would say is, uh, he'd say, please and thank you. You don't need to say that in the military. Mm. And he would always say, nobody ever worked for me, they were with me. 
Hmm. And just the, the, that's the mentality of a team that it's almost like, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird because guys do get credit for stuff, but as long as you don't care who gets credit, as long as the team succeeds, that's kind of the mentality. And, and they, I mean, guys show up, show up on time, stay late, and uh, mm. the gear's always right. They're just, they're meticulous. And, wow. Meticulous. You mm -hmm. think that's a big difference? That is. Well, I mean, too, with uh, the Captain Phillips raid, yeah. um, that team had never done a, a rescue. We were designed to rescue uh, since 1980, so over 25 years it had never been done. And the snipers that took those shots, three days prior were in their beds in Virginia Beach. And their guns didn't need to be sighted in for the most difficult shots of their lives, but their guns were sighted in for the most difficult shots of their lives because they were prepared. It might happen. I mean, it's a long weekend. We've never done, it was my birthday when we left. I mean, I'll just take a day off and take care of my gear on Tuesday, but we didn't do that because that's, that's a shortcut. Let's talk about that for a second. I want you to picture this because these are humans. So you hear the story and it is a movie, but it wasn't a movie when it happens. So no. It's like a real man, oh, he yeah. has real family, he had a real upbringing, he has yeah, yeah. real insecurities, real weaknesses and strengths, real, I mean, even fears, right? So this is a real person like you, right? And so he's been able to achieve extraordinary things in his life. I wanna take this moment now for you just to picture this for a second. Tell them the story, and I love this, about where you were and what you were doing, because it humanizes yeah, yeah, yeah. this, you know, I think people see you and I think they think I'm just not like him. And there are things about you that you've built that are muscles mentally and physically mm -hmm. you've built that are different than other people. Many of which you're not even aware of because it's no, probably who, because, yeah. because who you are now, mm -hmm. right? But he's also a father. He's a husband. He makes mistakes in his life. Oh yeah. Right? He is he's all these different things. Tell him just picture this. You guys have all probably seen the movie Captain Phillips, right? So he was a part of that. I just want you to picture this for a second. Just think about it. You can think of a James Bond movie and you think this stuff is sort of bizarre. It doesn't really work this way. <laughs> yeah, right. And then just when you picture this, tell them where you were and what you were doing when you yep. got the call to go do it this. Was, it was my birthday, April 10th, and it was Good Friday. Okay. And I'm at my daughter's Easter tea party at her preschool. In line, in a buffet line with sailors and marines who have kids in the class and we're, giving, we're getting cookies and cupcakes for them and bringing them tea. And I was walking over to my daughter when I got the message that uh, it, it didn't say it like this. We had a, a code, but that uh, Captain Richard Phillips had been taken by Somali pirates, and you guys are going right now. <laughs> and we'd been selling this uh, technology that, like I said, we'd never done it. We trained for it all the time. Yeah. But from the time you get the message to the time wheels up and we're going, we sold it. We'd been selling it for decades, four hours. We were wheels up in three hours and 59 minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I'm like, we gotta make it, like this is it. And then uh, 15 hours and 46 minutes after I got the message, um, we're in the Indian Ocean with a full head count. 103 guys. And like, I had, but just to, just to back up, there were guys out there that were mowing their lawns when they got the call. Like these are real guys yes. that can't afford the mortgage. Mm. And they're mowing their own lawn and then they're off. Unreal. And you don't know what's gonna happen when you go over there. It's just like, it's, it's, it, I, the reason it's so inspiring for me, like mind-blowing number one, you're carrying a little pink cupcake. Yeah. 15 and a half hours <laughs> later, here we're, we go. We're in. It's game on, yeah. right? And so for me, it's, it's so inspiring because I do think you're a, a real person. Like I do oh, yeah. think you're a regular guy. I do too. Right? And, and, I, and so people that listen to this, if he can come from where he came from, this is crazy and it's not overstating. And I know you hate hearing this, but altered world history. Yeah, crazy. Altered world history, <laughs> yeah, right? From Montana, carrying cupcakes at his daughter's 
uh, elementary school yeah. on his birthday, yeah. what could you do in your business? What could you do you in do, your body? You can, you can do anything. There's a couple sayings I love. Um, I'm all about moving forward. And one of my sayings is I'm as, I'm as old as I've ever been, but I'm as young as I'll ever be, hmm. which means life starts now. Right now it starts. Uh, I had an instructor before Hell Week. Hell Week is in training when you wake up on Sunday and you do Navy SEAL training until Friday. It's miserable. Hmm. Um, like your body starts to bleed by Wednesday because you're so saturated from the, from the ocean right here. Mother hmm. Ocean is hmm. not kind. Hmm. And he gave me advice to get through Hell Week, but it's, just, it's great advice for life. He said, you are about to go to war for the first time and the enemy is all your doubts, all your fears, and everyone you know back home that told you you weren't good enough to do this. Oh keep your head down, keep moving forward. No matter what, never quit. You'll be fine. That's it. And that's what he told me before Hell Week. And now that's life. Keep moving forward. You're going to make mistakes. We talked about failure. That's how you learn. And I've failed. I've fallen down. Get up. Dust off. Look yourself in the mirror. Be honest. Why did I do that? Hmm. What do I learn? I, I don't. <laughs> but it's all good advice because it's like, you know, you're going to screw up. Tell me anyone that's not screwed up pretty yeah. much every day. Yeah. So it's like it's never a no fail mission, but it's, it's like a no lose. Like, you don't you win yeah. or you learn. Unreal. Really. Like, I, I don't even. I, I, that's crazy. So let's talk about these guys that are mowing their lawns. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I've done a lot of interviews. I know a lot of people. I've interviewed a lot of successful people. Like, you don't catch me speechless very often. So um, <laughs> I want people to get access to you. Great. I want, yeah. I think it's an amazing time in history, which hasn't existed before, where, I mean, honestly, there are people driving in their car right now, working yep. out at their gym, and yep. they're getting access to a man who's altered world history for freaking free. And they can come hear you speak for pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. and be in a room with you and meet you and have their life altered and inspired and moved. There's never been a time in history where people who have achieved great things can say, hey, I'm just like you. I'm a goofball. I was at my daughter's elementary school. I make mistakes. I fall down. You know, I didn't even mean to be in the Navy SEALs in the first place. Yeah. Like, it's just unreal. It ought to give you such hope and such inspiration. But I want to talk for a second about some of the good work you do because I want people to know about right. this too. These guys that are mowing their lawns, yes, and these uh, men that are at their and women, by the way, who are at their daughter's elementary school and can't pay the mortgage, even sometimes active duty struggling, then leave the military. Yes. Now, this man, just so you know, and I'll just say this on your behalf, um, left short of his twenty years, yes. and so there aren't, I believe, aren't health benefits that come your nothing. way. There's nothing that comes your way, which is sort of amazing to me, and I just say this on your behalf, that someone who's had 400 combat missions has been decorated with valor as many times as you have, changed the world on multiple missions. We don't have a way to give you some uh, health insurance and to take care of you. And so because that's the way it is, and you don't need to comment on that, I say that on your behalf. That's crazy, but because that is the way it is, You've got involved and started something charitably that helps people when they transition out to find careers. So talk to them a little bit about your foundation yes, a little bit. Yes, um, I started a foundation called Your Grateful Nation. So that's yourgratefulnation.org. Mm. And we transition the, right now, special operators, because we're individualized, we're just kind of a small group, yep. transition them to uh, their next career. So we yeah. find out where they want to live, the industry they want to be a part of. We'll make the introduction to that company and then we have a mentorship program seven to nine months and then they're trained and, and these employers now are saying that um, these guys don't realize what they're bringing to the table even without a college degree but they're bringing the um, stress management problem solving team building um, the one word they use all the time is the loyalty 
mm. because they're not getting that from people with a degree right now. The mm. colleges aren't teaching that kind of stuff. Yeah. But they get in there and they put them in charge of anything, like major pro projects. We have guys working it for Merrill Lynch. We have a guy that wanted to live in Phoenix and work for Fox Sports. He's doing that. Mm. And we're talking Green Berets, Rangers, uh, TF-160th pilots, um, Navy SEALs. Mm. And um, so, yeah, we, 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 I started that because I didn't realize what I was capable of when I got out, but I learned through mentors that yeah. there's stuff out there people are interested in. And so now, and it's even amazing to talk to the guys. Even the guys that retire, they're like, well, uh, what am I qualified for? Yeah. It's like you, they would almost rather go back to war than fill out a resume because war makes sense to them. But they don't realize that the, <sighs> combat is solving problems. Oh, my gosh. And that's like, so, your Grateful Nation, we do that. The best email I get once, twice a week is when they... One, tell me who they transitioned to where, and then from one of the spouses saying, without your grateful nation, we wouldn't have gotten a second career. And they realize, uh, the two funny things is they realize what they're worth. Yeah. Then they also realize what their fair share in taxes is. Yeah, right, now you're gonna learn that. <laughs> yeah, now by the way. Now, you're, now you're, you're gonna learn about all this, uh, the rich pay all the taxes thing. So the, the um, amazing thing about, thank you for doing that work, the amazing thing about it is these are men who are, and women who are a part of the greatest team, and then became some of the greatest on that team as special operators, mm -hmm. like these are the, the most elite of the elite, like this gentleman across from me. So let's finish with just a couple tips. Thank you so much for today. Oh, so great. before, by the way, you. like honestly, um, let's talk a little bit for a second about team building because these are things that you teach. So there's people out there that are, have companies. They're watching you yes. right now. Mm -hmm. They're going to come have you come speak to their company. Um, but give them a flavor for a second. What were some of the couple keys? Just give us a few. There's a million probably of building a team like the one you were part of. Is it just? It's interesting, but. Part of me thinks, man, like you certainly end up with pretty damn good talent by the time you get to yeah. SEALs and stepper yeah. operators. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But what are some of the keys in building a team that people out there should know about for uh, you? Morale. Morale is key. Um, mm. That when people feel like they are part of the solution, they're going to work harder. Mm. Effective communication. Mm. Because a lot of people disagree with this, but I, I always thought that if, if, if our people know what they're doing and why. Mm. A lot of people don't want to say why because they, they want to compartmentalize it. I think mm. they should know why they're doing it. Mm. Um, and when you're done saying what you're saying, stop saying it. The noise that comes with everything. Mm. Just get the message out there and we're good. One of my favorite quotes, I don't know where to give credit, is yeah. never pass up the opportunity to shut up. Um, for people that, that lead to, they realize that a lot of the work gets done um, because your team is there. Like sometimes if the boss doesn't show up, the work still gets done. But if the people don't show up, not a lot of work's gonna get done, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, be good to each other. The emotional thing, like um, try not to, try to keep your emotions in check because your body always follows your mind. And um, um, it's like the, 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 say the nasty text message you wanna send someone, yeah. type it up because it's gonna make you feel better. Do not hit send for 24 hours. <laughs> and if you're still mad 24 hours, it's legit. You literally should have told me that like three years ago. <laughs> oh, I believe you, I'm a victim of Yes, stop <laughs> so, tweeting that. So many damn messages like that. <laughs> But yeah, so, so just, just the morale being high, the emotionless uh, conversations that mm -hmm. hopefully you can have, yeah. um, the realization that your plan, the plan's not gonna work, the mm -hmm. way Murphy, Murphy shows up, mm -hmm. anything that you do can get you killed, including nothing, <laughs> just stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and then the never quit, you know? Um, is it really, are you having a bad day or are you having a bad moment you're milking into a bad day? And the best advice I have for people is get over it. Just get fix it and get over it. This is so gold, brother. Like, I don't even know. You're like, like it's interesting. You talk about the why, and it's like, oh, well, where does that come from? Well, you end up with the guy, the point man in front of you, or at least you're getting ready to go on the mission. Say, now tell me again, like, why are we doing this? And yeah, you're like, that's it. And that's you it. told him why, and that visual of that mom, yeah, 
holding well, we had to tell ourselves down. that we, we had these conversations and I, that's it that's why we're doing it probably of all of this it surprises me the most that you did have some of those conversations that and also the emotionless another point mm -hmm. you just mm -hmm. made mm -hmm. helicopter ride over yes where guys are sleeping and they're just getting in their state they're uh -huh. getting focused they're counting like that also has application oh, and it's then I, and then over meeting you're so right like even in business i watch all the time there's this book i read called death by meeting it's like when you're done saying something stop freaking saying, stop it, saying and, it and go execute yeah. right mm -hmm. all right last question um don't be humble for a second okay okay be real with me here sure. what's different about men like you in other words, if I want to be a person like you. Um, none of us, including myself, are victims. Uh, nobody owes us anything. Mm. You, can, you can get it, but you got to go get it. Mm. And that was the key. Um, I, I, that was, I, when guys would say it, stop being a victim. Mm. There are men, in your position, I assume your brothers all come from this victim thing. Different socioeconomic backgrounds. Oh, totally, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Different ethnicities. Yep. Some had great families. You know what's neat from? about the ethnicities, too, is, yeah. uh, is uh, it didn't matter who you were, 85% mm -hmm. of you were not going to make it. That's it. 85% of the white guys, 85% of the black guys, you're not going to make it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's crazy. It, the system just works that way. <laughs> it's just unreal. That's a, that's a pretty damn good equalizer to look past skin color, huh? isn't it? None of us are going to make it. 85% yeah. of us aren't going to make it. Yeah. And we're dependent on each other if we're going to oh, make yeah. it. So it really doesn't matter what your religion, your faith, your political views oh, yeah, are. It doesn't matter. When you have a common purpose and a common mission and a common thing you want to accomplish, yours was, hey, 85% of us aren't going to make it. It's interesting how you come together. It's interesting how you gel. It's interesting how all your differences aren't differences, they're similarities. They don't care if you're gay or straight, black mm -hmm. or white, Muslim or Christian. We come together in a mission. So that's <laughs> one of the great lessons for the country, too, is that if we could unify in a common mission, a common dream, a common yes. goal, yes. All, most of these things you see on the news every single night where they're pitting us against each other would go away in about one yeah, second if we get, get a common goal common and mission. Goal. That's it. Well, even with, uh, I've got a friend who uh, did 20 years as a Navy SEAL, one of the best SEALs ever, and then is tra uh, transgender. Yes. And yeah. it's just funny the way people try to get a rise out of us. They're like, well, yeah. what do you say to your buddy that's transgender? Yeah. You go, I don't know, say nice tits, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. Whatever. I love it, right. It contributed to the mission. And yeah. like, I hope, like, probably now, let's just move forward. I didn't think I would get there. This is actually now my favorite part of the interview because you can have one of the thoroughbred studs of all time. I'm one of these, the things you'd say, a white, successful businessman guy, and we're both telling you that we, we, we don't care about those things. We care about coming together, making a dream happen, making the mission happen, the making the a difference. Team in the mission. So, man, I love that. It's such a great lesson for you building a company, for our leaders in politics, for our people in the media, when we're chasing something in common, when there's a common mission, the differences go away, and that's what we ought to be chasing. My favorite conversation, literally. I, that's you know, very cool, thank the, you. Like, uh, man, look, hey. It's mine too. All respect, <laughs> thank you, brother. All respect to the people who've been on my show. I love all of them, and I hope one exceeds this someday. I really do. But I'm as not leading right that now, way just yet. But, but, <laughs> but as of now, and I'm, it's wonderful to hear that it's reciprocated. So, brother, like, really thank you cool. so much. Yeah, and thank you. God bless you, and thank you for your service, and thanks for sharing this Absolutely. with the audience. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for having me. Follow this man, Robert O'Neill, on all of his social media. Book him to speak at your gigs. Go get his book. Title of the book, again, is... The Operator. The Operator. I read it in a day. One of my favorite books I've ever read. And again, I want to remind you all this, too. All this comes to you for free. All I ask for is review the program, share it with people. If you're on YouTube, give it a like, but if you're on iTunes, give it a review. And every day on, on Instagram, when I make a post, there's a two minute drill called the Max Out Two Minute Drill. If you make a comment, you get engaged with hashtag Max Out. 
I get you a winner every day. That could be gear, it could be a coaching call with me, it might be access to one of my guests, but every day we surprise a guest with a win. So make a comment every day on my social media. Thank you everybody, thank you Robert, Thanks, and Max out. You need a wake-up call? You're in the right friggin' place. The Ed Milet Show.